Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. He spoke to John in Revelation. He said, I am alive forevermore. You don't ever have to worry about Jesus going nowhere. He's alive forevermore. I'm thankful for him today. We're going to continue in our lessons today on walking this gravel road. And um, we're just going to see what God... It, this, this lesson will just attach itself to last week's lesson. We talked about having influence with God. The title of today's message is this, The Mission is Possible. The Mission is Possible. The little subtitle to that is that you matter more to God than you think. That's We need to get that through our thick skulls. That uh, we weren't, we're not projects to God. We, I think we think of ourselves as projects sometimes and that after he gets so far, he either finishes us and, or he don't. He throws us to the side or he gets done with us and then he moves us over and goes on to something else. But we're not projects to him. We're his children. And he's always there for his children. He said in one place, he said, even a nursing mother could forget her child. He said, but I will not forget you. Now, you, you mothers that know what uh, he's talking about there. You know the bond that you have with a child that you nurse, that you feed. Uh, he said, as close as that bond is, even it could dissolve. He said, but I'll never leave you. That's, that's the God we serve today. So let's pray for the lesson and we'll get right into it. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for your word and thank you for your faithfulness. We're thankful for our relationship with you, Lord. You are our shepherd, our God, our savior. We praise you today. Let us hear what the Spirit would say. Let us be encouraged. Let us grow and be better. We ask it in Jesus' name. And one more time, everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and shout of praise for his word. All the promises that come with it. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you a bunch in Jesus' name. The Lord's good. So you matter more to God than you think. Uh, if you know who Oswald Chambers is, he, I believe he was the author of the My Utmost for His Highest. And he had a quote. He said, we look upon prayer as a means for getting something for ourselves. That's probably a pretty accurate viewpoint that a lot of times we get stuck in this thing is that prayer is only about me getting something. But then he said, pray that we may get to know God himself. I believe, that's the, I believe that's the key to prayer. I believe that's the key to having prayers answered. Monday night uh, in prayer, um, the Lord just moved in this place and uh, God was just showing us some things that went right along with this and I didn't even realize that this lesson was going to tie into that, but God is getting us into a place. There is not going to be revival or signs and wonders and miracles. There's not going to be any effective growth if we don't have effective prayer. If there's no effective communication between us and God, there's no effective relationship with us and God. We've got to have that, uh, and it's got to be uh, more than just me going to God because of what he can do, uh, it's not 
about just what he can do. We, the Lord spoke this to us in here on Monday night, but it's what the Lord will do. That's about who he is. And so prayer, we learned last week, is the most powerful weapon in the universe. It's powerful. And then again, that we, as his children, we have influence with him because he is concerned uh, with us just as uh, he is concerned about the things that concern us. So when things seem impossible, you know, sometimes we have situations that are just out of our control. Things are going on in the closest part of our lives. You know, it's, it's, sometimes we're concerned about the world, of course, things that are happening, wildfires, wars, famine, all that. Yeah, sure. But sometimes it's in your four walls of your house. It's in, within the confines of your marriage. Uh, it's uh, in a relationship between you and your children where there's this tension, this problem, there's something going on and, and it seems like everything you're trying to do to put it out is just making the fire grow bigger. You know, well, is there anything I can do? Well, yes, there is. You can pray. You can pray because prayer influences the God who controls the circumstance. We have influence with God. Excuse me. When we talked about Abraham last week, we were talking about how that God had let him know um, that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, why would that matter to Abraham? Because he had family there. And so uh, Abraham and God began to have a talk, and we saw how that Abraham began to bargain with God, stand right there. When God told him, I'm going to destroy it, Abraham didn't run, <clears throat> but he stood right there with God, and he began it. If there's 50 righteous people, Will you kill the righteous with the wicked? And God said, I won't do it if I find 50. He went 50, 45, 40. He just kept going down uh, the number, and God agreed every time. Whatever Abraham offered up, God agreed to it. And I wonder, Lord, why would you even talk to Abraham about this? Because you're God. You're the potter. We're the clay. The vessel doesn't ask, you know, the one that's making it, what are you making this? We don't instruct you. We we don't advise you, so why even talk with Abraham <clears throat> about this destruction? I believe that is because God knew that Abraham would appeal to his sense of justice. He knew that Abraham had walked with him, that Abraham had a relationship with him. Abraham knew God, and God knew Abraham would pray. God did not tell Abraham, I'm going to destroy this place so Abraham could just have a bad feeling in his stomach and be sad and cry over loss. He didn't tell Abraham, I'm going to destroy the city that your nephew lives in. I'm going to burn it to the ground and just want you to know I'm going to do that. He didn't do that so Abraham could feel hopeless. But God wanted to see what will Abraham do. God knew that Abraham cared. Already, it wasn't a surprise that uh, Abraham began to offer up this deal because, or this bargain because he knew already that Abraham cared about his family. He knew that Abraham was concerned, but he wanted to see, would Abraham voice his concern to me? Will he talk to me about this? Will he appeal to my 
sense of justice and mercy and grace? Will he reason with me here and, and do uh, what he should do and watch me do what I will do? When we go before God, you need to remember something here, that God already knows how deeply you care about what you're praying about. When you're praying about your children, God knows how much you love your children. When you're praying about your relationships or your job or something that's happening in your life, he already knows how much you care about it. He's waiting to see, will you approach him with it? Will you do as Scripture says? Will you come boldly before the throne of grace so that you can find help in your time of need? Will you approach God knowing that he cares about people. He cares about souls. He cares about you and what you're going through. And friend, when we approach God believing in his character, believing in who he is, and not that you know, when we don't treat God like he's some kind of miracle working vending machine. Because that happens. Listen, God longs for us to ask him to do the seemingly impossible. Just he, he wants us to ask him because not so he can just say, I want you to see what I can do. He wants you to ask him because he wants you to trust him. He wants to know your motive for asking. That's why in one place he said you, you ask and you, you have not because you ask amiss. Sometimes he said you're asking so you can consume it on your lust. You're just, you're just after something. You're just serving me for, for fishes and loaves, but you're not here for the message. You're just here. You know, a lot of people follow Jesus and say, hey, let's follow him out to the desert. We'll get a free meal because he don't let you go home hungry. I'll take a nap while he's preaching. I'll wake, up, wake me up when the fish basket's coming by. You know, that's the way some people serve God. But God's, well, why are you here? And why did you come to me? Did, did you come to me just because you know I can? Or did you come to me because you believe that I will simply because I love you and I care about you and that's who I am. Yes, he, man, he's God and, and, and I guess maybe because we read so much about him in the Old Testament about judgment and things that happen that we think, man, God's hard and God's, God's just this, 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 this. But, but he says it of himself over and over. I'm, I'm plentiful in mercy. I'm long-suffering and it's not my will that people perish and, uh, that, but I would rather they return and come to me. God cares about people. And he wants us uh, to do uh, what we should do in prayer. We can't demand of him. It's not like we can't come saying you owe me. But you come to him because you know him. And you know, hey, this is my father. You can't wear the label child of God and forget he's your father. And so you got to approach him as a father. If we surely are instructed to honor our father and mother on this planet, how much more should we honor him? That's why even when he taught them to pray, the opening line, our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, you know, I, we realize who we belong to today. And even the Holy Ghost that lives in us says because of this spirit of adoption we have, we cry, Abba, Father. This is, he is our father. And he's just waiting. He's just waiting for someone to approach him. Second Chronicles 16 and 9. In this chapter, Asa, a king that, that had favor with God and, and uh, things were going good for his kingdom, but 
as he got into a situation that was where he was going to be uh, attacked and he had some uh, countries coming against him instead of going to God, he went to Syria and he went to some different places. He said, I, I need some armies, I need some soldiers, instead of just going to God with it. And in times past, God let him know that when the Ethiopians and the Lubans, a uh, huge host, very many chariots, horsemen, when they came, were they too many for me? I handled that, but now, because uh, you relied on God, I, I took care of them. But now that you're not, you're trying your hand with somebody else, and you're forgetting about me, and you're just going to handle this on your own. The Lord was upset with him. Said uh, uh, the the prophet told him, said, "For the eyes of the Lord they run to and fro throughout the whole earth. God's everywhere." I'm glad to see you, sis, both of you. He said he's going throughout the whole earth. Just, well, what's he doing, pastor? To show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. See, Asa looked somewhere else, but God said, I'm going around everywhere I go. I'm waiting to see, will my people approach me? Do they know, do they really know who I am? Am I more to them than just, uh, you know, like I say, just a, a, a miracle vending machine that they just go and, and pull a knob and don't even have to put nothing in, just, you know, just come up and say, hey, God, I need this, and pull a knob, and boom, it falls out. God wants us to know him. The Scripture says the people who do know their God, they'll be mighty and do exploits. But you got to know God, not just know about him, not just know what he can do, but you got to know him. You got to know him like David said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You think sheep don't cry out when they want something? I might not can talk sheep, but uh, they like any other animal. When they want something, they'll make some racket. If they're afraid, they're going to holler. If they're in trouble, they're going to make a noise. And all through that song, he's talking about he's going to lead me, he's going to guide me, he's going to feed me, he's going to protect me. Because I know our relationship. I know that he cares about his flock. The Bible says we are the sheep of his pasture. God knows about us and uh, knows what we need, but he's waiting to hear something. We got to cut this silent mime act out. You got to start talking to God. This, this man clenching your teeth and not saying nothing will get you nothing. Hello, we've got to approach God. And the Bible says, come before him, bring words with you. Bring words with you. When Esther went before the king and he stretched out that scepter, well, what do you want? Imagine if she just stood there. You my husband, read my mind. Oh, no. That might have happened back then too, you know. That's... No, but he's like, you got to tell me, talk to me. What is it? What's your request? What do you need? And then uh, she told him and what was going on, and, and the king was moved. Yo, yo, why he did it? Don't just because he could do it. This is my wife. This is the queen. This is she's mine. I love her. And uh, somebody, something's going on in her. I'll, I'm going to do this because of who she is to me. And when you go to God, and and things are hurting you and breaking you, and uh, when you go to Him knowing He cares about me. 
Sometimes we don't go because we're ashamed. I, I get it, and then I don't get it. Because you're ashamed because I don't go to him because I'm ashamed because I did this. Well, guess what? He already knows where you got here. So shame shouldn't be an issue because he already knows it. Whether you believe it or not, he knows it before you tell him. He already he saw it, he heard it, whatever it was, he knows it. But he's waiting for you to confess your faults so he can do something. And, and so when we go to God knowing who he is, knowing that he loves us, that he's merciful, that he's gracious, and we're asking him because, God, I know our relationship, then God starts moving. You know, when another very impossible event that happened in Abraham's life was the birth of his child. Because him and Sarah were both great in great age when God decided to let them in on the secret. Oh, by the way, Sarah's going to have a child in her old age. And Sarah laughed about it. Why'd you laugh? I didn't laugh. Well, you, you did. <laughs> but God's going to laugh last. He, he said, I'm going to go ahead and let you know it's going to happen. But in Hebrews, it lets us, the, the writer gives us a little insight into to Sarah. It says, she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, she already in the story, you read in her mind, in her flesh, she's like, how is this going to happen? I know how old I am. I know how old he is. The scripture refers to him. He was as good as dead. I mean, so she said, in my mind, the natural part of me knows this can't happen. But I remember who gave the promise. It wasn't a neighbor. It wasn't a friend. It was God. And she knew that God was faithful because God had come through for them time and time again. She had seen what God can do. So it says she judged him faithful who had promised, and she received that promise and because she knew God. She knew his character. It wasn't just that he can do anything. We, we, you know, uh, God's ability is never in question. God's ability is summed up, and in, in this argument is final in, in the statement, is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. Or again, with God, all things, all things are possible. So there's no question about God's ability. We just need to know him. And so even Peter said in 2 Peter 3 and 18, he said, we need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to know who we're approaching. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We, when we come before him, it's got to be, uh, I know what the, the Bible says, said you can do this, but do you know about him? Do you know who he is? Do you know what he did for you? Do you know how much he loves you, how much he cares about you? Do you know that uh, that's what he's trying? We're, we're trying to imitate him in this life. And that's why he tells us be good to people and, and pray for people and, and love those that persecute you and do all those things because that's the way God does. He said, I'm trying to get you to mirror me in this life. And so we're thinking, okay, that's what I do. But then we don't believe God does that with us. It's like, you know, so God, this situation, I understand. We get in a situation, we just want it over with, so... I said this last week, we attack the problem instead of approaching the throne. We're, we're kicking and pulling at the problem instead of going to him. 
because we have influence with the one who controls our circumstances. The Bible says he orders our steps. My life is in his hand. His spirit leads me into all truth. God, we are following him. What, what part of being led by him we don't get, I don't know. So if he's leading me when I'm going through something, he's already led me on that path that would bring me there. Do you think he led you into it so you could die? So you could be destroyed. And I get it. Sometimes we, make, we stop following and we make stupid choices. But that doesn't mean he stops loving us. And that's when you can appeal to him again. The prodigal son said, I know how my father treats servants. And so I'll go home and, and still I'll be able to be fed because he knew about his father. But he didn't realize his father's love was a little deeper than that. Oh, no, you don't come back as something less. You're my son, always will be. That's what you and I've got to remember when we get outside of his will sometimes. We're his son. He was his son when he was in the pig pen. He was in his son when he was wasting his life away, and the, the, the son forgot that. So I'll just try to go back and be a servant because I know how good my father is. Let me tell you, he's a lot better to us than we'll ever realize. But we need to know today that we can come before him because nothing is impossible for God. And that's what we've got to know, that he's looking to do it. That's why we see in the scripture, it seems like, did they ever pray a prayer that didn't come to pass? Because if they did, they left that out. Because every time they pray, walls fall down, jail doors fly open, shackles fall off, dead people come alive. I mean, it's just like every time they pray, it's in our approach to God. I believe it's in our approach to prayer. Uh, we, we, we're, we're flesh and we're blood. And a lot of us, it's just easy for flesh to be superficial. It's easy for us to just want the need satisfied and forget about the one who supplies the need. And I think God wants us to know him better. I think he wants us to know him on a different level. I think he wants to, to get what he was doing uh, when he was here walking. It's got to be more than just stories we read, but we've got to realize that this is the way my life can be. These people, yes, they're in this book, but they're no different. They're flesh and blood like we are. They, they had the same concerns as we have, and, but, and we think maybe they didn't have all the distractions we have. I don't know what it is that has got us in the place where God's, a story in our life instead of letting him write the story of our life. Lord, I want to know you on a level to where I am not concerned what society would say about me for serving you and I'm not worried about what this world thinks about me serving you. You see, you get people like uh, Shadrach and, and uh, Abednego and, and all the, these guys, they they're not worried about what, they weren't even scared of the king. Hey, you need to bow down when the music plays. Well, king, I'm not even going to try to watch my words with this. We ain't bowing. <laughs> you know, well, you know, he's upset and said, because God that we serve, he's going to come through. Now, if, if we burn up, we're going to open our eyes and see him it, one way or the other. And so they just knew that if they stood for God, 
That's the relationship they had with him. They knew how God was. And if we could just begin to find out this about more about this God that we serve, more than just the, the surface that we see of, of miracle signs and wonders. Yeah, that, that happened, but that wasn't to, to, for a show or a circus. Anything he, Jesus did walking here was to testify of who he was. That's why when blinded eyes were open, there should have been no question for anybody who had ever read the scripture. But because they were so wrapped up in the cares of this life and the cares of this world, they couldn't even see that the prophecy was fulfilled where it said, when blinded eyes are open, that's when your God is coming to save you. Your God. And the Jewish people couldn't get it. They missed it. Because they, they were... They had an idea, a preset idea. This is how it'll have to be when the Messiah comes. This is how it'll have to be when God comes. There's no other way it can happen. But they were blinded in their hearts. And so their eyes, they couldn't see what was right before them. And so when, you know, so if it's not about, if God's ability is not in question, and it's not, so it's not about what God can do, it's what will God do. So you see how how much closer we're getting now because I'm no longer praying, God, can you do this? Because I know he can. There's no sense in wasting that breath. I know he can do it. Now it's I believe you will do it because of who you are and because who I am to you and that you are concerned with the things that go on in my life. Because I said this Monday night, the Lord just laid this on me right at the end of the, the prayer service. You know, when we say, look what I can do, that's about us. That's about our ability. That's about our promotion. That's about ego and pride. And look what I can do, you know. And, and that's uh, we're trying to get all the attention pointed at us. And God never says, look at what I can do. Because he's never about just promoting himself yeah, he's God, but he, 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 you know what God doesn't want to be? An idol. He wants to be God. And so he, he's like, instead of saying, look what I can do, he says, look what I will do. And that's about, that's, that's not about his ability. That's about his character. That's about his ways. That's about the whole of who he is. That, that's the God you serve. In Psalm 95, he, he had a, a little trouble with Israel. And uh, in Psalm 95, these verses here. Verse 6, he said, Oh, come and let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. And that's somebody, he's bowing down with the knowledge of who he's worshiping I worship God not because of what he does, but because of who he is. You praise God a lot of times for what he's done. Praise is, it's just like this, praise God, the sun is shining. God done that. But I worship God for who he is because I'm going to worship him even if it's raining. And, 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 and not that I wouldn't praise him if it was raining, but I'm saying but I worship God for who he is. Good days, bad days, whatever days, he's God. He's always the same. I worship God. He said, let us kneel down before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. 
We are his people, has the relationship, the sheep of his hand. And then today, if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Now he's, he's warning us, don't get like my people did as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Don't get like Israel was in the wilderness. Your fathers tempted me, proved me. They saw my work, and for 40 years long was I grieved with this generation. And I said, it is a people that do err in their heart. There's something wrong in their heart because they're not seeing me for who I am. They're only seeing me for my works. They only want manna and quail. It's always, you know, they, they think that I brought them out here to die in the wilderness, not to feed them, to let them thirst to death. You know, they, they come approaching me with all this stuff. Why would I deliver you out of Egypt so you could just die in the desert? And so he, he said, I'm grieved when there's, there's something wrong in their heart and they have not known my ways. They have seen my works. They've watched me do it over and over again. Over and over again, I have, uh, you know, supplied their need when they would cry out, when they would, uh, even after they'd been rebellious, then they would turn around and cry out, and I would go ahead and I would supply their need. I'm trying to teach them who I am. I'm trying to get them to see my ways because that's the only way you know God. You're not going to know God just by his works. You've got to know his ways. His works will testify of his ways. It'll help you understand who he is. That's why Jesus was doing some of those works, he said, if you won't believe me because of the words I just said, then believe me for the work's sake because they testify of who I am. And so we learn to begin approaching God because of who he is, not simply on what he can do. That's hard sometimes because we're so anxious to get our need met, but we've got to see God for who he is. Again, more than just uh, a miracle-working vending machine. He's got. He's our Father, our Creator, our King. He's our God. You know, a child knows its father and mother. When you you have a child that's born and raised, you know what your child doesn't know. Your child doesn't know how much money you have in the bank account. They don't understand about money and things like that and what it takes to get. They just know if I'm hungry, I'm going to go to you because you're my provider. And they have no qualms about coming up saying, I'm hungry. And you realize, I'm the adult here. I've got to feed my kid. And my kid's hungry. And I'm like, what do you want? I'll make you whatever you want because I love you. And you're my kid. I want you to eat. If they're scared, they're going to cry out for you because you're their protector. And you run in there and you comfort them and you hold them until they go back to sleep. And, and they just that's just what they have learned about you because you've done that over and over and over. And that's what we should know about God is that he's not just feeding me because he can. He's feeding me because he cares. He's not just taking care of me because he can. He's doing it because he cares. He loves me. He wants me to be better. He wants me to be all right. He wants me to have what I need. It's just, now, I could... I can come out of a, a store, putting some money in my wallet, fix and go out, and some some you know, guy, you know, homeless guy or something could be out on the sidewalk and see me putting that money in. And he says, oh, I just saw all that money. And come up and say, hey, can you spare some money? Now, he's only approaching me because of what I can do. But will I do it? But if I'm going to be like God, 
Now, your, your opinion on giving money to the poor might be different. But if, if I'm stuffing money in my wallet and somebody that's begging on the side of the street says, hey, can you spare a dollar or two? I'm going to give him some money. That's me. He don't know nothing about what I will do. He's just coming to me because he knows, hey, I just saw you stuff. Because if I say, oh, I ain't got none, he's going to go, well, you're lying. I just saw you put money in there. And so I don't want to lie. I'm not going to do that. But uh, I'm going to say, hey, you know what? It'll come back to me. But I'm going to be, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be like God. Because you know what God does? He's good to people that even just come to him because of what he can do. Because his goodness leads people to repentance. And so will God bless someone who doesn't know him? Will he bless someone who's not saved? Somebody answer. Yeah, he will. Because he blessed you and I before we were saved. It don't make us saved. It rains on the just, it rains on the unjust. You need rain for things to grow. You need rain for, to survive. If it stops raining, the world's going to burn up. <laughs> Got to have it. So he said, I'm going to even rain on them. We always think like, oh, it's raining on my... Rain's good. It comes from God. So uh, I'm glad he withholds it when we ask him to. So whenever someone approaches you for just because you can, just because I got money, I'm supposed to give it to you? You know, God's like, just because those people come to him, just because I can do that, I'm supposed to? See, it's God... That's who he is. He's a giver. He's good. He's merciful. He's kind. He's long-suffering. He, he told us to treat the strangers with love and mercy. So you think he doesn't treat strangers with love and mercy? Sure he does. So God is good to us, and he, uh, he, he was good to us back then. That's what got us here. He saved us. You know, he didn't, it's not his ability that saved us. It wasn't just because he could save us. He didn't have to. It wasn't just his ability. The Bible says, and I read this on Wednesday night, but it was according to his mercy that he saved us. His mercy, his love, his grace, uh, that compassion that he had, that's what uh, prompted Calvary. That's why you know, uh, the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world, that's why that plan was always in place because he cared about his creation. He said, I'm going to save them. Jesus did so many miracles in this life, but it was never for reputation. The Bible even says that he did not make himself be in reputation. Uh, he came to declare and to show who God is. In 1 John 5 and 20, says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. Don't misinterpret the reason he came. He didn't come so you and I could walk on water. He didn't even come so we could do miracles. That's a benefit of serving him. Miracles happen. But he said he came to give us an understanding so we could know him that is true we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. He said, yeah, the true, this is the true God. Who is? Well, see, that's a, that's a, a oneness message right there. But this is the true God and eternal life. So he's saying, the son came to give us understanding. Jesus said, I've declared your name unto them. 
he come to declare what God would do. He, he wept, he wept and wept over Israel uh, because they didn't know. When, you know, when I said this last week, when Jesus said, have faith in God, he wasn't saying just have faith in what he can do. It's like have faith in him. It's like if you, you recommend somebody for a job and, you just, and the guy's like, I don't know. You know I'm like, man, just have faith in him. I'm, I'm telling you, have faith in his character. Have faith in who he is. Not just in what he can do. He, he's got the ability, but he will do it. There's a lot of people that have the ability to do something but won't do it. That's a character flaw. There's a lot of people that could work, but they won't. That's a character flaw. They'd rather, if they got any other way to get money other than actually breaking a sweat, they're going to do it. That's just what they do. Because it's not that they don't have the ability, they just don't. So you teach your kids, uh, you know, about washing dishes and things like that. Washing clothes and doing stuff. Getting up to get stuff sometimes. Hey, could you come get that for me? What's wrong with your feet? <laughs> your feet don't work, you know. But you're teaching, you know, you don't have to be ugly like that, but it's just, but you're teaching them uh, that, look, when you have ability, follow through. If you're able to do something, then do it. Whatever you find to do with your hands, do it with your might. And so we need to, to be doers. And so when Jesus said, have faith in God, that's how you move mountains. You have faith in the one who made the mountains. I said this, you've got, if you're going to move mountains, you've got to get the creator of the mountain involved. And so uh, he, it's not just about what he can do, it's about who he is and what he will do because of who he is. So Luke 19, verse 42, Jesus weeping over the city, and he said, he was praying out loud, nobody there to hear him, but he's talking to the people, to the Jewish people. If you had known, if you had known, even thou, at least in this thy day, this was your day, if you knew about the things that belong to your peace, but now they're hid from your eyes, then in verse 44, he said, um, they're going to lay, the, your enemies will come in, lay you even to the ground. Your children within thee, they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because you didn't know the time of your visitation. You didn't know when I was here. Well, who was there? God was. For God was manifest in the flesh. He's talking to his people. John 1, 10 and 12 uh, told us he was in the world. The world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him. Not people that just wanted miracles. He said people that received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God. Now there's relationship. We know if we're sons of God, he's our father. And even to them that believe on his name. You've got to believe in the name of the one who created all these things. And so that's why Jesus said in John 14, 13 and 14, here's an enacting of this, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. But, well then, why didn't uh, those guys that were casting out spirits in the book of Acts, how come they got beat up and the clothes got ripped off and they got chased out of that house when they tried to cast that devil out of that guy? Because they said, we, you know, we adjure you by Jesus that Paul preaches, come out. They, but they didn't know him. You can say his name and not know him. But he said, people that's in relationship with me, when they use my name, I'll do it. 
We're heading somewhere, people. These signs shall follow them that believe. Believe what? Well, the gospel, really? Because there's a lot of people that believe the gospel and never obey it, and that's why nothing works. He said, but these signs shall follow them that believe. They that believe in God. That's the same thing as saying having faith in God. When you believe in him, that's where these signs will follow because when you're asking, you're asking correctly. When you're approaching him, you're approaching him correctly because it's not that you just believe what he can do. You believe what he will do because of who he is. Hmm. You know, that's what he does. He, he, he took a group of people out. He was speaking to them. He got out in the wilderness. And the Bible says they were like sheep that had no shepherd. They were scattered. He said, man, it's getting late in the day. I can't send them away fast and they'll, they'll faint away. He told his disciples, he said, give them something to eat. They're like, what? What do you mean give them something to eat? If we had X amount of dollars and bought this money, that wouldn't even be enough for all these people. He's trying to show them something. So he says, bring me the food. You know what he does before he does anything? He thanks God. He gives thanks for what he's got. He approaches correctly. He says, now start passing it out. That's it. That's it. And they just grabbing fish and bread, hand, just as much as they would, but still plenty left over. And he didn't say, hey, you guys give him to eat to trick them. <clears throat> he knew that they would stumble, but... He said, I'm going to show you something. But he, he told them that because if they had just said, okay, they could have prayed that same prayer and started passing out fish and loaves. But they didn't know how to do it yet. So he said, I'll show you how this works. And he prayed, he gave thanks, and then he distributed. He approached in the right way. He knew uh, that, hey, I have compassion. I love these people. They're going to be fed. I'm not sending them away empty. I'm going to... Yeah, this is what I can do, but it's not just about what I can do. It's what I will do because of my compassion I have on them. So not for his ego, not for his pride. It's because it was right. And that's what we do, because it's right. The Bible says if we have, our, you know, if we see our brother or sister, we see them in need, and we shut up our compassion on them, and say, how does the love of God dwell in you? If you have what they need, but you won't give it, you know, in other words, you're not acting like God because God will give. God will bless. I want to be like God. So you stand your ground in prayer. You, you know who you pray to, just like Abraham did. He stood his ground. He knew who he was talking to. James 5 and 16 said, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Man, I'm telling you, uh, we can get to a place where our prayer is not hit and miss. But it, it, God is moving. God is working. You know, there were people in Scripture said, whatever they said, one, one prophet said, none of his words just fell to the ground. He just, whatever he spoke. But his relationship with God was in the right place. And when our relationship with God is right, we approach him in the right way. You know, when you're, you're out of sync in, in a relationship with somebody, you you end up arguing and butting heads because you never approach anything right. You don't. It doesn't matter what happens. You, you'll address the situation wrong because you're just in the wrong place. And uh, if our relationship with God's not right, we approach him wrong. We approach him panicked. 
and, and, and desperate, and, and so we almost order him what to do. But I don't have to order him. As a matter of fact, I can't order him. But you don't have to beg either. You know, God, God was all the time fixing beggars. He don't need you begging. He don't want you begging. He wants you asking. He didn't say begging you will receive. He said asking you'll receive. You don't, you don't have to beg. I don't, I never, I've never had to beg my parents. I probably did. I didn't have to. But I probably did because, you know, you think they're never going to say yes to this. So you're like, please, 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 let me go, let me go. They're going, they're going. Everybody else is going, please. You know, so you beg, you put on an act, trying to appeal to them. And then sometimes they still said, I love you, but no. But the, the statement was true. They do love you, but no. That's what was best for me. You know, I'm, I'm like nine years old. I can't go to a Kiss concert in Atlanta. Even though everybody else was going, yeah, I mean, what I got business nine years old in Fulton County Stadium with a bunch of potheads. I mean, that ain't nothing. <laughs> and if that ain't meaning nothing, that's what was up there. <clears throat> Believe me, I went to enough of them to know when I got old enough. But you know, it's like that. You know, we we come to God, and I was you know, but you never approach your parents, you know. There's food in the cabinet and stuff there. You have to go, please give me something to eat. If you have to beg them, then there's some abuse somewhere. There's some neglect somewhere. But my, uh, You know what your parents are doing most of the time? They're letting you know supper will be on the table at this time. And it's, they're fixing it. So it's there already. So pray like Abraham. Pray like you know who you're talking to. Abraham knew that the judgment of God paled in comparison to the mercy of God. That's why he knew he could talk to God about this situation and God would come through over and over. His mercy endures forever. And so if we're going to be like that, how do we get like that? How do we pray like Abraham? Here's some steps and then you can stand with me while I'm reading you these steps and we'll, we'll move on. If you're going to pray the kind of prayers that Abraham prayed, here's what you need to do. Number one, you've got to position your life in a covenant relationship with God. Quit thinking you can be some kind of rogue operative in the body of Christ and just come to God when you need something. You've got to be in a relationship with him. If you're going to pray them kind of prayers, you must be in that covenant relationship with God. Too often we approach God with no faith regarding his promises or his ability and still desire him to do what he has spoken. That's the people who only serve God for what he can do. The second thing you need to do is appeal to the character of God as Abraham did. God is always good. God is always righteous and God will always act with justice. God is never the author of confusion. And if there is confusion in your family life, you can pray with the knowledge that God is not the source. God is not the one bringing the confusion in. Believe that God is concerned about the crisis points in your life. He is simply waiting for you to approach him in the context of a covenant relationship. Christianity is often reduced to the image of pitiful beggars beseeching a mean and miserly God. That's a false image. Abraham understood who God was and he understood the power and provision 
of the covenant relationship. So it's never mission impossible with God. It's the mission is possible with God. He is our father. We are his child. In John 16 and 24, the Lord said, try this because up to now you have asked nothing in my name. But from this point on, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. You can't put a time limit on it. That's a whole nother lesson to teach you how you get yourself set up for disappointment. When you approach God and you ask these things, you just know that now he's got it. And his timing will be perfect. He'll take care of it. But now, don't just go to him because you know what he can do. Sure, you know what he can do. But go to him because you believe in what he will do. Because of who he is and who you are to him. Amen? Let's pray together. Precious Lord, thank you so much for being the supplier of all our needs. Lord, that you look over us and care for us as a shepherd does his flock. Lord, I pray that we'll get a better revelation, a deeper understanding of this relationship, who you are and who we are to you. And God, not that we could say, look what I can do, but Lord, that we can have good works so the world will glorify you. Lord, we want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, sure. But not for our pride and not for our ego, but simply to glorify you. So God, today, help us with this understanding. Lead us in the right paths, God. Keep us, Lord, in the fear of you to serve you in sincerity and truth in this covenant relationship we have. Lord, we ask it, we believe it, we pray it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and a shout this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I promise you we're going to see the results of this as we move deeper in this relationship with God. We're going to see what God will do. And I, and I, I say it 100%, believe it 100%, just as good as I'm standing here in this shoe leather. The reason the sun is shining right now is because God cared about what we cared about. Oh, it's just the weather. Well, then you just don't enjoy this blessing. I'm going to walk out there, and when the sun hits my face, I'm going to say, that's what God will do. That's what God will do. All right, I know I went a little long. Let's find a place to pray, and in a few minutes we'll get back in here and get ready to worship this King of kings and Lord of lords. God bless you.